Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Welcome to another week and another episode of Redirection with Terry Carell. The TK tribe stays hyping me up every single week. And I just want to thank you for your tags, mentions, reviews, and ratings. Oh, and by the way, for your information, the podcast is now on Spotify. Like them boss me. And I didn't even know about it. It was actually members of Insta family. It made me know that I'm now expanding my reach. So if that is your preferred way of listening to the podcast, go right over to Spotify and look for Redirection with Terry Carell. And while you're posting and tagging and sharing across your, um, your different platforms, you can go ahead and use the hashtag Redirection with TK. And just be reminded that you could be a guest on the show as well. So if you think you have a compelling story that shows how, you know, rejection helped redirect you, I would love to hear from you. So you can visit terrycarell.com, visit the podcast page and share your story below. Now, my guest this week is bubbly and personable and she is light. And when it came to the academics, she did everything right. She got the job, but then she kind of realized that the money just wasn't really adding up. So what she stumbled into actually became her brand, like big and serious. So meet the entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Kumia's Hair Perspective, mother, author, and legit woman of God, Yolande Kumia Gooden-Roden. And if you think I'm lying about being a woman of God, just listen to how we started off our interview. Stick and stay. It is now time for Redirection with Terry Carell. Lord, we just thank you even now for this moment, Lord God. Father, every time something seems to be going wrong, we have to acknowledge your presence, Lord God, because we know that, Lord, you are the source. And without you, Lord God, there is no success. There is no success of anything at all. Father, we just want to ask that you will expand this podcast, mighty God. Father, let this be a phenomenal podcast, a podcast like no other, one where people will come on and be inspired. They will learn, mighty God. And so, Father, even now, mighty God, we acknowledge your presence and we know that once we acknowledge your presence, then the blessings, the blessings will come forth. Yes. In your mighty name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much. Watch how we're going to have Amen. clean data now. Clean, clean data. Clean. 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 <laughs> I remember the first time I met my guest on today's podcast. I was actually invited to a very small, you know, intimate event here in Jamaica. And the beautiful thing about this event is that it gave certain small businesses, just a few, 
um, the opportunity to display their wares, their goods, their services. And I remember the very first booth I came upon, I was greeted with the most awesome um, greeting ever. And it was just this beautiful, bubbly lady who was like, oh my God, Terry Carell, it's you. I love you. And I was like, I love you too. She was saying that um, she follows me um, you know, just on social media and just how inspirational, you know, our interaction has been, even though I have never met her. And I remember reciprocating and realizing that here it is. She was this strong black Jamaican woman who had her own business. And she was specifically in the niche, which was healthcare, um, hair healthcare, organic hair care. And it was not just for adults, but for children. And it wasn't just for natural hair, but anyone who had hair that she just wanted to make them healthy. And her words to me were, Terry Carell, enjoy your day. I want to give you some samples courtesy of me. I'm going to put it in a bag, but do not forget your bag when you are leaving. Well, Terry Carell et, <laughs> had a good time, left the event only to get a DM later on saying, you forgot your bag. <laughs> and that is what started out our, our relationship, right? On, on social media, our online relationship that has blossomed into like this kind of sisterhood where we support each other. Absolutely. So it is an honor to have her on the show because I'm happy to introduce her as not just a dreamer, but a doer, a mother, a prayer warrior, an entrepreneur. And we're going to talk about that later on. And she's recently added author. Let's talk here 101 to her repertoire. Tribe, please welcome your land Kumia Gooden Roden to the Redirection Podcast with Terry Carell. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. Like no, I use the word, you. I use the word honored because I acknowledge you. I acknowledge all, I don't want to say accolades because it, it kind of sounds serious, but I acknowledge all of your, I guess, accolades and influence and hard work that you put into your craft. You. So to be invited, you, Terry, Dr. Terry Carell, <laughs> read your podcast. I'm telling you, I have goosebumps right now all over my face. It's a big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. No, it's thank deal. you. Thank you. I've been able to watch you, you know, on Instagram and you just seem like someone who is just, just growing and glowing in what you do. You know, we hear people talking about do what you love. And if you, you know, you do what you love every day, then you'll never work a day in your life. And I look at you touching lives in just your own authentic way. And it shows all yes. over that you are enjoying yourself. So as I saw you evolving, you know, over the years, it kind of dawned on me. I said, well, is this what your land always wanted to do? You know, she just bust up in the space of, you know, organic hair care and she's an entrepreneur and she knows about hair. And it's like, is this what she always wanted to do? And I've realized over, you know, just, just a period of connecting with people. When we see people doing what they love and you ask them, where did it start from? They often tell you they had absolutely no clue that this is what they were going to, no to, clue. To None do, at all. Not at all. So before we get into the destination, you know, I don't want to get there too quickly. I think I need to start from the genesis. I think it's, it's important to ask that very important question. What did you want to do initially? 
as opposed to what you're doing now? Okay, well, initially, all my life, basically, I've always wanted to be a lawyer because I grew up with a single mother who believed that education was the only way to set yourself apart. And um, I just thought that, you know, if I became a lawyer, then I would be making a lot of money and I would have made my mother proud. Um, But as the years went on, when I went to university, my brother had gone before me and he Mm -hmm. had started to do law. And to be honest, I was a little bit upset because I was saying, you know, I want to do law and him want to do law. Why? Because I want to do law, him want to do law. And I was just like, you know, but then, (laughs) but then I actually got in for international relations at UWI. And when I did um, my first year, Mm -hmm. I realized that it was a little bit too hard because I had to do university level Spanish. And I was just like, no, this is not. Do not listen to Spanish. Do not listen to Spanish. No, it was so Yolanda was like, um, yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> no, it was so difficult. I don't know how you did it, but um, I decided to opt out of international relations and then started doing psychology and public sector management. So yeah, I completed a first degree and then moved from there to do a second degree in government. Again, I was leading... I didn't do the law, but then I was still in government. I was still thinking that, you know, the only way to get a good job and to be in this, you know, fantastic space is if I got something in government. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I wasn't thinking about what I'm doing now at all. So entrepreneurship was never on your radar. It was always an asset for somebody else or another organization. Yes, and it's all it's all I knew, even though my mother, at some point in her life, she was an entrepreneur. It didn't work out for her when she was an entrepreneur. So she ended up working for somebody else until literally her last breath. Wow. Until literally her last breath. And, you know, if you if I really think about how my mother's life impacted and affected me, I would definitely say it was in the back of my head at some point after completing two degrees to go and go find job and work for other people that it was just not, it was just not fulfilling. Correct. It wasn't sitting well with you. No. All right. So take, so take me back. So, so we basically got a good idea in terms of you trying to figure out what it is you liked or what you thought it is you liked until you stumbled into entrepreneurship, which we're not going to get to yet. So you mentioned the fact that you have, you know, you had a single mom and I can totally relate. I had a, a, I grew up in a family with my grandmother and my mom and you had a brother. So Mm -hmm. explain to me in terms of shaping and molding you as a person from prep school to high school, because of course I did my research and I know that you're not a Kingstonian, you know, no. I, I, <laughs> Iona came up in my search, you know, and I, Iona high school and William Nib Memorial. So tell me what it was like, because I think sometimes even where we come from has a lot to do with how we take on circumstances and situations and how we deal with them. So walk me through the earlier part of your childhood. 
Um, Terry, this is actually a very um, interesting um, question. It might seem ordinary to the normal, ordinary person. But for me, I've never really had a sit down with any one person and spoke about this. So this is probably like the first time. Oh, wow. Um, Because you asked about childhood. And I figure if I'm going to come on a podcast with you, especially, (laughs) I want to be as authentic as possible. Thank you. And I really want... um, yeah, you ask, I'm going to tell you. So my childhood, I moved a lot in my childhood. So I did go to Iona Prep and Iona High. My mother worked at the school. That was and, in Trelawney? You know, that's in Trelawney? No, that's it's no, in St. Anne. It's in St. Anne. St. Anne. So, so I, I did um, nursery, prep school, kindergarten, um, high school at Iona. Um, but I moved a lot. So my mother, we lived in Ocherios at one point. We lived in Brownstone. Her family house is in Brownstone. So I lived in Brownstone. Mm-hmm. A part of it, I actually left Iona at one point and went to Brownstone Primary. And I'm telling you, nobody knows this about me. Like wow. nobody. Because I don't know. I guess, you know, you pass is you pass. And when you get to a certain place, nobody bothers to look back or even or to go that you know, far. Question. Or to go that far. But like you said earlier, it is important to understand, um, you know, those little ins and outs of your childhood and so forth. So I did leave, go to Brownstone Primary. And Brownstone Primary was one of those schools that was extremely rough for mm-hmm. me. It had a lot of bad vibe. Like, you know, when you go primary school and you used to prep school and the people yes. in banana and love five. It's different. It's different. It, it was so different. I fell into depression and so my mother had to move me back to Iona. Hold so on, I stick a pin. Up- Hold on, stick a pin, stick a pin because you know you touch up you touch a word. You, you you know you use a word that a lot of us even in the Caribbean are still finding it very hard to say yeah de- you know depression oh, and mental yeah. health. And what is even um more alarming is that when we see children express that they are depressed a lot of the times we tell them yeah picnic where you where, where you depressed boat and mm-hmm. so ho- if you can you know even try to to remember how you felt in in those days what did that depression feel like and did you consciously know what that was yeah well i was b- depressed for two reasons i remember in that period when i went to, when she sent me back to brownstone primary sent me to brownstone primary um because i was you know i was l- light skinned my beautiful girl um in that type of environment i wasn't liked because persons and i was also mm. very smart so i wasn't liked. persons would always think of me as you know me think my brown me think me better than people without you doing nothing say go on like you better than people go on like you better and than teacher's pet teach and i was definitely called teacher's pet a lot wow. definitely and so i got in a fight with um a boy i remember and this terry this is probably like after a week, you know, I wasn't at the school that long. I wasn't at Brownstone Primary that long, like after a week. And man, the little boy gave me some in box, box. No, serious talk. Box me and Yeah, man. And I, I, I was really, really, I told my mother I was not going back. I used to hide from school. She would go to work, obviously. She's a single mother. You know, I would hide from school. This is Brownstone Primary. And um, so I was depressed for that reason. And then the other reason was I was cemented at Iona. So when I left out of that environment to go to Brownstone Primary, me as a little girl, I mean, 
I don't understand all these things. All I'm thinking is that I'm poor. My mother, you know, she don't have the money to send us back to Iona. Right. And now we are here in this place. And it, it was, I was a misfit. Was a, you were a fish out of water and you did not have the support yes. that you would have had yes. from your community that was yes. Iona. All right, all right. Yes. So, and, um, and how did she take it? Like, was she... Was she understanding as in, was she like, okay, first of all, you're new, you'll get over it, give it some time. Or did she actually say, all right, this is clearly not working. Did she see mm-hmm. a change in your behavior and even your grades maybe, or your spirit that, 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 that influenced her decision? Yeah, she, cause my mother is very supportive. Um, very, very supportive. She absolutely the love of my life. Um, and when she found out that I was hiding from school, she moved me immediately. Like there was no question. There was no um, me telling, she thinks I'm telling her a lie or anything. No, she moved me back immediately. So she was very supportive, very, very supportive. That's awesome. And so you went, so when you, did you leave from Brownstone and went back to Iona? So I went she back fixed, to Iona. She made a way. She made a way. Um, I'm not even to this day, I'm not sure why we, I moved to, I, to Brownstone Primer. I'm really not sure why. But Iona was boarding. So um, I did move back to Iona. We did go back to Iona and I boarded. I left Iona again in third form. So in third form, I went to William Mid, and then I wow. completed. And that again was another bit. Well, I was, was about like, to ask because it almost sounds... It almost sounds like you're an army brat, you know, like whenever we watch the, the, the movies, the, the kids that always move from, you know, one yeah. place to the next place. And they yeah. always had to figure out how to adjust and adapt and make yeah. new friends. We're usually kids in the army. So here it is now. You had your life basically established in, you know, Iona. Mm-hmm. That's your friends. That's your, that's your community. Yeah. And now you go to William Neighbor and you're now what? In third form, fourth form. So you're third about form. 14. Yeah. Um, I don't know. About 14, yeah. Probably about 14. Probably about 14. What yeah. was that like? Terry, let me tell you, that again, and it's so funny, I didn't realize it until even talking to you now that um, those, were, those moves were actually, they have actually affected me. But you know, you don't sit down and think about how it affects you and all of that. But I remember when I moved to William Nib, you know, in recollection, I got in fights, like fights. My mother would be at the school um, because I was getting in fights. The kids didn't like me again. They, and it's the same reason did I you, got. Did you ever think that there was something wrong with you? Because here's where it gets very sticky. We've seen amazing students who have good grades. They are overachievers. You know, the teachers like them. They have a great standard. We've literally seen them dumb down and dim mm-hmm. their light in order to just be liked, just to survive in, in school. And did that ever occur to you to just be like, you know what, maybe if I just kind of tried not to look as nice, try not to be as pretty, try to be, you know, kind of, uh, maybe... I would get through um, school life. Did that ever occur to you? I, I have goosebumps now because I did that for so long. Uh, even in my adult life, I would find myself having to say, you don't need to talk like them. For example, you don't need to talk like them to fit in. You, you learn you can be yourself. I still have conversations with myself mentally, 
because I, I tried to fit in for a very, 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 very long time. I wish it had only lasted in high school mm-hmm. or prep school, but it carried me to university. It carried me through young um, adulthood. Young adulthood, yes. So definitely looking back, mm-hmm. I believe that I changed um, who I was innately to fit in, to n- not have to fight so much. I'm telling you, I'm not joking with you. I and fought did it work? all through William Nib. You mean the fighting? Well, 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 not only the fighting, but when you decided to make the conscious decision to, all right, you know what? This fighting thing may not be working, so let me try to be like them and to be torn back and forth between what you knew was right versus fitting in with them. Like, did it work? Did try trying to change yourself for them? Did they like you anymore? Or no, <laughs> no, they, they, they didn't like me anymore. And being like them is, is what led me to the fighting Jeez. because I had to be bad. I had to be tough. I had to be, I'd never really sat down and thought about all, how all these things actually happened in my life. Yeah, I had to be tough. And, and listening ha- to you speak now, if you had um, advice to tell young Yolande, you know, who, was, who became a fighter, if you had one thing to tell her right then and there, what would, you, what would you tell her? I would say, sweet girl. Oh, God, Terry, you're really getting me in my head. I would say, sweet girl, just be yourself. Just be yourself. Just be, you know, just be yourself. You are enough. Because, yeah, you are enough. I still struggle, admittedly, to this day, with having to write affirmations Mm -hmm. to remind myself that I am enough. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I don't know which, what one single thing it was that ever made me feel like I was not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's specifically linked to the moving, going from schools to schools. I really don't know, but I know that I, I've had those moments where I've had to, you know, remind myself daily that you are enough. You are so, enough. So let me ask you a question because in high school, a lot of us are still trying to figure out ourselves. And it's funny, in retrospect, you realize that a lot of the persons who were bullies were also trying to figure out their lives and they were probably going through traumatic experiences and not knowing how to kind of discuss Mm -hmm. it and, 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 and to come to terms with what they were going through. Um, my, 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 my question is where did you get the, as we say, the gumption, (laughs) the, the, the spirit to have to start telling yourself right then and there, was it a particular teacher? Was it a mentor? Was it somebody in church? You know, what was it that allowed you to dig deep to say, this is not you. We mm-hmm. cannot, we cannot live like this, Yolanda. Like you are not going to be who you know you can be if you're going to be like this. Where mm-hmm. did you find that? Where you pull that from? All right. So there are two things that I remember clearly. One was when I was in college at a time I went to Montego Bay Community College and, um, I remember sitting in the back with a group of friends and we would just be chatting, chat, chat, chat all day long. And the teacher who was my history teacher, she, she said to me, she moved me to the front of the class and she said, you're not allowed to go back to the back of the, back of the class mm-hmm. because when you're at the back of the class, you, it's almost as though she saw something different in me 
but I kept again trying Fitting to fit in. in. Yes, so yeah. I would be chatting, chatting, and she said, You're not allowed to go back to the back of the class. And that was one thing that stood out for me that made me realize that, okay, you know, Miss Johnson was her name. Um, she saw something in me, and I actually got a B plus for her, for her, for her, her course. So, and had she not done that, I wouldn't have because I was just too busy fitting in. The second thing for me that I remember clearly is, and you might be shocked by this, but it's way in adulthood. Wow. You're way kidding. in adulthood. Never too late to learn, way, baby. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Way in adulthood. Um, I had broken up with Kia's father. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know. You, when you break up with somebody, your sense of worth, it goes, you know, I don't know if it's hard for me to say because... Trust me, I but, think, but, I think a lot of persons the, listening, especially if women are listening, I, I think they can almost finish your sentence for you. But when you detach, sometimes you feel as if your value, your worth, and, and just your yeah. identity, sometimes your identity is so ingrained in yeah. that person that when that person leaves, it's almost as if you lose yourself. Yeah. But in your words, I want that in your words. I, I, I thought he was my soulmate. And when... I mean, we had such a great relationship. It wasn't perfect, but it was a great relationship. No arguments or not. So when we broke up, I was, you know, I was in a bad place. Um, I was in a bad place. Then I, I wasn't in church yet. I didn't get baptized. I didn't start going to church yet. And I started dating. I believe I had two relationships after that relationship with, with, with Kia's father. And it's in the second relationship after that. I mean, they were both. It's sewn away, but they were really both meaningless relationships. Mm-hmm. I didn't know myself. I, I, I felt like I wasn't worth anything, so I was willing to take anything because at that point, I was just not worth anything. Okay. And what changed that for me is powerful because what changed that for me is I remember um, I used to smoke as well. I try not to hide this. Even like I'm, I did I'm, a he- testimony. I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, wait a second here. You mean... You mean that this, this is your land? It, it's, yeah. just, it's just amazing. Yeah. But, right. but, this is, but this is what the show is about. It's literally about redirection. Having things happen yeah. to you and you having to figure it out and redefine yourself to yes. be where you are now. So you used to, I yes. used to know that. And I'm, that, that's one of the reasons I'm being open because it's important for us to paint the picture exactly how it is. If we're to help persons beneath us, mm-hmm. we have to paint the picture exactly how it is. I feel as though whatever it is that I've gone through in my life, I must be able to open up so I can, you know, inspire or help somebody else. So you are saying that the second powerful one was that, you know, in these two relationships, right. meaningless right. or smoking Right. So I was smoking our company again, wrong crowd, wrong company. And um, you just don't know yourself at a certain point. And I remember on New Year's Eve, I was alone. Um, You know, I was alone. Kevin had his daughter. I was alone and I was smoking and I felt Mark, you know, I had already established commerce. I had a business. I had a master's. I you had know, everything. I, I believed I had everything. But the self-worth, the inside of me, I felt like I was nowhere. I was going nowhere. And I believe I ended up going to a church that New Year's Eve. 
And one thing led to another. I think I, I met with Camille, Camille Davis. I yes. think you know her. Yes. And she invited me to church. And that was when everything changed. Wow. So amazing. So amazing. What went to Pure in Heart. Went to Pure in Heart Ministries. And Pastor Ryan laid hands on me. And everything that he was saying when he laid hands on me was absolutely true. I had an experience. I had an outer body, spiritual experience that first time that I went to that, that church. I was on the ground. I was almost knocked out. I was in the spirit. Something that has never happened to me before, but I knew deep down in my heart that God had a special, I was special to him. You Even just needed to I see. Had these depression, you just, just needed, needed to see. It. I think I just needed someone to touch that spot and say, you are worthy. You are somebody, you are important or even, you know, not important in the sense of important, but, but you matter. And so when I went to the church, I believe the spirit of God just kind of, you know, poured in, just poured in. And I was just, you know, overwhelmed with, 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 with the spirit and one, that's it. I just started going to church and, um, this is about three Three years ago. Yeah. Just three years ago. Just the other day. Oh wow. Well listen, that's what I'm telling you. Just uh, the other day. Let me tell me let me take the opportunity to say that it, you know it's funny when you're moving in the spirit. It's 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 a different kind of vibe when someone moves in the spirit because I'm telling you, I've seen your growth and your expansion and just your glow. Honey, mm-hmm. you've been glowing on the Thank ground. Thank you. <laughs> but not just on the ground. When I run into you on the road, I'm just like, look at you. And so yeah. I guess with you just saying, you know, three, three years ago, I guess if anyone else is listening, it's just that it's never too late. You're mm-hmm. never too deep to make a change and to make a conscious decision for you. So I'm hearing yeah. you speak. And I know that because you kind of gave me your journey, you jumped from like high school, college, you know, you're now a mom. So I'm going to bring it back to, to college. So you are mm-hmm. there. You said you tried international relations. Then you were like, no, bra, bra. <laughs> this is Espanol not, not, not working out. And then you said you tried your hand at, in a uh, master's in, is it psychology that you tried? No, I did a master's in government. In government. Correct. When you're doing the master's in government, like, okay, were you like, all right, now I can go get a job. Now this is it. I'm going to be that working woman in yes. the corporate world. Tell me about that journey. Yes. Um, so again, I mean, completing your first degree, um, I thought that I got a job um, initially at UE and um, I got opportunity to do my master's. Completed my master's. Being at UA, I thought I was at the clerical level. I started at the clerical level, even though I had a degree. Um, I would How did have that make joined you persons. Um, terrible. Because I consider myself to be a high achiever because of how my mother raised me. It's like nothing was, my mother would just constantly push you. I remember doing a, 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 a certificate public speaking course and I got a distinction and I remember being so excited about the distinction I went home and I showed mommy and it it meant so much to me because 
again, I struggled with self-worth. So it was the teacher. I remember breaking down, doing the presentation for that program. And the teacher had to pull me one side and tell me how, how worth it I was. So I could actually do the thing and ended up getting a distinction. So it meant a lot to me. But my mother was like, you know, this is not something that you jump and skip about. This is something that, you know, you do. Yeah, it's a you given. Just, it's a given. It's a given. You you get distinctions, you know, this it's a given. So um here it is, you're 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 in a clerical um position. Here despite it is, I'm in a clerical your position, academic achievements. Doing everything, you know, had the mass, had the degree, did the masters, completed the masters, did the, the, the public speaking course and could not move. I loved the job, but I could not move. And it, I was young. I was fresh. I just wanted to make some money so mm-hmm. I could, you know, do something. I and, could not do anything. And when you said you could not move, and I think a lot of persons probably feel the way you do when they are overachievers, they actually meet their targets, and then they come out. Because let's be real, in school we're taught, get the grades, you get mm-hmm. the job, you get the money, you live life happily ever after. Like that's what, yes. that's the dream that we're all. Yes. Talking. Yes. And so here it is. You um, now have this position that probably, sh- you know, you should have been in a bigger position, earning yes. more dollars, definitely more respected. And here it is. You could not move. Yes. How did that make you feel? Um, Cause here it is. You're accomplished on one side, but then you don't really have anything to show for it. What yes. was that like? How did you feel? Um, I felt, I, I, I think, I, I think I am a, I'm a very positive person. So there was a time period where, you know, I was still very positive, still put my best out. Um, even if they asked me to do anything that I thought was, you know, menial, maybe be, menial, <laughs> I would still do it and do it great. And I was hated for it. I don't understand. I was hated for it i remember um they used to put me you know when they were short staff they would put me at the front i worked in admissions and they would put me at the front desk and i was so polite so bubbly so because that's me naturally i would you know want everybody to feel good and feel like you know and nobody else in on the team liked me because i was just in their mind too Too much too extra too Too not too extra and too much and so of course, you know, I kind of just brought myself back down again so that I didn't offend anybody. I remember days I used to take the staff bus and I remember going home days, a lady who I used to work with, she used to pull me down, put me down terribly. I remember walking home from the staff bus and crying from me, come off of the bus all the way to my house. I would just be crying because of the words and the things that these people oh, affected say to you. me to, to, to hold me back, you know? And um, that happened for a long while. Um, so what, did you move? Did you move? Did you choose to I, move or did? Yeah, I actually ended up moving after I quote unquote got a promotion. The department changed um, groove and they, I moved over to marketing. And um, with all the politics and everything involved with the administration, despite the fact that I was overqualified, overqualified moving into a brand new position when I got what they would be paying me I think it might have been 
about $9,000 more than what I was originally making, which was nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember getting my paycheck and after I finished, you know, paying the light bill and buying a few groceries, I had no money nothing. to do anything. And, and this is me being a master's level person well this is what i was gonna say and not just that you are i mean even if it was government it's still considered uh you know your, your corporate job so here mm -hmm. it is you you did everything right meaning based on the standards that we we live by you went to ue big big university i mean it's yeah. one of the top universities in the world you not only got your degree but you got your master's you you get into the job you get promoted I mean, you should be pulling in millions, right? Yeah, absolutely. You should be happy. Something. And yet yeah. still, this was your reality where you had the titles and yet still nothing, nothing to show for it. Nothing. What happened next? So I remember um, I started, I came up on a website where I found hair products. Um, they were mm. mainly kids products. And I said, you know what? Let me try this. And I bought the products and I started selling them, you know, to persons who are in the office, out of office. Hold and on, hold while, on, Yolanda. No, sir, you can't just Hold on, hold on, Yolanda. <laughs> hold on, is book your toe and stumble and trip up on our website? Is this what you're telling me, Yolanda? Yeah, well, in the selling of the products. Wow. So, so I, I went back natural um because my hair was damaged but okay. i started bringing in other person's brands and i had them on me and i would sell them to co-workers and people upstairs and all over you and so forth so yeah it's pretty much i pretty much uh i don't yeah i pretty much buck up into um selling guess, selling in, products into selling into selling products always thinking of i think what it was at the time as well is but i wasn't making any money and i needed more money so I always liked beauty. I always liked hair. And because my hair is a challenge, um, I don't know, I guess I just ordered the products and started selling them. And then when the interest peaked, I said, you know what? All right, hold I on, hold on, hold on. You're going too fast. Hold on. So the interest peaked. So you chose hair without having any, any um, formal education or knowledge about hair care or hair yes. products for that matter. So yes. here, the spirit just said, listen, buy some product and we're going to sell some product and just try, do a little markup for just try and make some little ends meet. This mm -hmm. is what's going on. So, mm -hmm. what, And what was the feedback like? The feedback was great because I am a people, I, I want to put this very carefully. I am a people person. It does not mean that I am always lovey-dovey and want to talk. But I like when people who are in my company feel good. So it was easy for me to really tell people that I have these products. If your daughter's hair is giving you problems, these will help. And then they would, tr it, 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 they would trust me and they would just buy the product. So the feedback was good. I had a good start at UE with Kameas. Because I did Kameas while working at UE for a good two or three years. Maybe not uh, three, maybe two. All right, so we're not going to get to Kumeyas yet, but you, you kind of mentioned something that is so important. Well, we touched on a couple of points, um, and it's something that I always say, that your excellence should be unconditional. And so even though you said you weren't making the amount of money that you should have been making, or maybe not in the position you should have been in, you still put your best foot forward. Not only that, you, you just mentioned the fact that people trusted you. That mm -hmm. even though things were not 
the best for you financially, you are still building a brand. Yes. Your personal brand and your interactions with persons daily. Even if yes. they might have been just slight or just, just a little bit, people trusted you and you built credibility. And yes. so I think it's important for our listeners to understand that credibility and integrity doesn't necessarily come when you're on the top, when you're yes. at the top. But Absolutely. it's that continues to grow with you as you continue your journey. So because Absolutely. of your trust and your credibility, people gravitated yes. towards you and they purchased. So, yes. So when did you now say, you know what? Why may I sell other people product when I can just make my own? Because that's scary. That, that thought process is very scary to move from just being a retailer. You know, you just kind of sell back people's products to now creating your own. So tell me what that thought process was like. Um, what was that thought process like? I think, um, you know, I, I was in this phase of watching YouTube videos. I was going back natural and I had, I, I was interested to know what my hair would look like if I went back nat natural. And then there were all these YouTubers, not a lot, a few YouTubers who were telling you, if you mix this together and you use that together and you put this in your hair, then it can look like that. So I wasn't, I'm very, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person like this, Terry. Once I lock into something and I start to research it, I'm That's going it. all in until I accomplish it. And then I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. I let it go. But one, I was so interested in the products, the, 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 the ingredients they were talking about and how it would make the hair look. So I said, you know what? I was so interested. I remember going into Megamart at the time. Somebody was talking about coconut, coconut milk, mm -hmm. coconut coconut milk oh. or coconut oil and I went into the into the supermarket and I bought the coconut milk and was there just trying to make I said no and then I realized that it wasn't actually coconut milk milk <laughs> but coconut oil so I remember just all of that little area piqued my interest about the ingredients that are to be used in our in my type of hair mm -hmm. and then I just say you know what let me try it I bought a box of shea butter from Amazon I remember it clearly um, I watched some YouTube videos. Was it YouTube videos? No, I think at the time they had some do-it-yourself sites. Because right. back then, DIYs were was very the big popular. Thing. It was the big thing. So I would go on the sites and I would get formulas and show me how to do this and do that. And I just, I started with, a, with my Shea Butter product. Um, I did some oils because I had a problem with the balding in the hair. And I mm -hmm. wanted to make something for that. And those were pretty easy products to make. So I started with three products, no, four products. I, I did coconut oil as well. And then from there... Were you experimenting on your own hair and seeing results before you said, you know, say, I'll go bust the market on this? Or did you kind of <laughs> just say, well, these ingredients have to work, so I'm just going to shubble. Like, like, how do you move from, all right, you know, do I just give a few of my friends for them to try it? How do you move from product to market? To market um truthfully i had a few friends try the products but not with the intention that i'm waiting for their feedback to tell me if it was good or not to hit the market i was very confident in what i was doing and because i was a guinea pig because i had the hair that i could test on yes i gave it to friends and so forth but i was really confident in the formulas that i that i made and what? i just ran with it why how land? you need to understand that when people decide that they're going to take a different um route and a, and, and, a, and definitely a path that 
was not laid out, was not planned, was not mm-hmm. planned, not was planned, not prepared for. There is a hesitation of, am I good enough? That's number one. It's a self-doubt. It's the imposter syndrome. How dare I even try to dare to dream this big? And then to move from that to say, well, may I go make some things. I may I go give my people them. But regardless of what them say, me still go show out. Where did that confidence evolve from? Considering you said you came from a place where, you know, you doubted yourself. There was value issues. Where did that confidence come from where you were like, yo, this is me. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And I think that's one of the things with me as well. Because Terry, to be honest, yes, I had those um, self-issues, self-worth, value. But at the same time, I'm still a very strong, confident person. Mm -hmm. So a a lot of persons will see me and talk to me and they get strong confidence. Even a cousin of mine, when I told her that I had a self-worth issue, she thought it's strange. Crazy. She said, you, you land confident, bold. But there's a thing for me where even if I feel it, I'm still going to act through it. So oh, there's shit. almost like something inside of me. I'm, I don't know. You're it's scared, but you do it ex- anyway. I, I'm scared, but I do it anyway. I put, and I, I, even though I'm scared, I'm still confident. So you're I don't an, know if it makes sense. No, I get you. I get you because a lot of us walk around with that. It's really what we do with that energy. Some of us channel it into being excited about doing something. And some of us, we kind of use it to keep us back. So again, it's mm-hmm. always how we choose to deal with that. But I just want to make myself, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. So you didn't just start with one product, neither. You never start with one product and then... <laughs> let me show you, let me show you how Caribbean, West Indian people can be. Wow. Instead of your land saying, and sometimes it's important for, for, for us to remind you too of that boldness, right? Is that normally we start off with a liquor thing. And we show about the little thing and then we do a little market survey and see if the thing works before we expand into another product and another <laughs> product. But you, your land, come your good road. And this <laughs> say, you just are going to make one, two, three, four products and just touch the market. <laughs> just like show about. Did anybody tell you, even if it was your inner circle, did anybody look at you like, you must be bloody mad? Mm-hmm. You, you know, are, are you crazy? No one. That is Kevin was with me at the time. He was with me at the time. And um, um, like I said, I have a very bold personality, despite whatever issues um, I may have. So he was with me at the time. And, you know, the first event I did with those products was Denby. I cannot forget. I had just started. And um, the opportunity to go to Denby um, came up and I, mm-hmm. we rented a tent, um, not just a table in a whole tent <laughs> for just four products. And you best believe we, 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 I it was about $40,000 for the tent. It was a three day event or three right. days event. Right. And we went down with four products, four, four products. Um, I don't can't remember how many, but I made, I, I made about double and I literally just started. Literally, that it was my first event, first event, and That's I crazy. doubled what I paid for the tent. The tent, but that must have been a booster. Like that must have made you say, Absolutely. "All right." So absolutely. So, so let me just go back a little bit because you said you were working at UA at the time. 
where you decided to sell, you know, other kiddies product. And then it was while you were working, you were still in your full-time job that you decided to start this little hustle. Cause this yeah. hustle was just supposed to be a hustle. Extra money. I, I don't think at that point in time, you thought that this would have now been your primary. So, so, so your primary income. So what I want to find out from you is walk me through, because I, I was doing some research naturally. And uh, it was in an article that I read where it was you and Kevin who, you know, came together. You're deciding to manufacture these things using these ingredients that you had learned about. But then you were believing from your full-time job and going home in your kitchen or your living room and mixing product. Ingredients, proportions, packaging. How do you come up with all of that and also understanding that even when we look at brands like 409 the cleaning product where they said that they it took them 409 attempts to get mm-hmm. the right formula or they say colonel sanders for kfc you know tried it a thousand times before he came up with the recipe how long if you can even remember or you know quantify when you are leaving your nine to five coming home every single day and mixing things how many attempts did it did did you have to go through before you said, okay, I like this consistency, I like the smell, I like the effects? Can you can you remember that? Yeah, um, I went through a few. I went through a few because initially when I just started, I was using a fork. I had a very small double boiler, which I still have to this date, and I was using a fork to combine the ingredients. Mm-hmm together and that was to get my very first water-based products now remember the first four products that I started out making those are pretty easy to be honest they really are it doesn't take um a lot of um it doesn't include water and oil so I don't have to mix the two together it's either oil or it's it's water right water like a butter right so those were easy but then when the market wanted more because now the market tried these four products loved these four products after Mm -hmm. the first go because those were like i said those weren't really hard Uh it was really just finding the ingredients that solved the particular problem and then for me to uh compile a a formula and put it together so you were listening to your audience so 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 i think if i'm listening correctly it wasn't just about creating products and saying that the market will come but it was also listening yes. to your customer base to find out what they needed and what was lacking in the market i'm sure yes. at the time yes because yes. let's be real as a black woman in the caribbean i was more familiar with foreign brands mm-hmm. i never grew up seeing local brands especially when it was in the beauty supply um supply chain so here it is you and Kevin working together, manufacturing in your kitchen, in your living room. Mm-hmm. You went from your four and I think you went up to, is it 16 or you have more than that now? Yeah, we have more. <laughs> yes, <so> we, have, <laughs> we have more than that. I mean, not, it, wow, I, I had 22, but then I just released a new line um, recently, which has four products. So that's about 26 products in total. Wow. For adults as well as children. As well as kids and um, two for men. And, wait, you gone into men's too? Long time. I just hardly promote it. 
Well, because we, women tend to be the bigger, the bigger. Women are, they're my, definitely my bigger market. What were the challenges in terms of starting your own business? I mean, I've spoken to many small business owners who say sometimes it's the support. Sometimes it's, it's the information. It's getting funding. It is getting into places to have your products actually on shelves. You know, what, mm-hmm. what were the challenges because again, everyone is going to hear the numbers. Oh my God, she has 22. Oh, she's 26. Right. But, but, but how difficult, because it's one thing to make the product. It's another thing to market the product and to get it in front of people in a very big way. So what were the challenges? Um, the challenges back then, um, the challenges, I believe, I didn't know anything at all about business really. I feel as though I have an entrepreneurial spirit, but I, I didn't have a business background. I didn't do a degree in business. Um, you know, I was just making the products and selling the products. And the biggest part of it for me, and I always tell people this, is that it's, it's more than me selling you a product. It's about the product doing what it's supposed to do. And if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, I will kill myself just trying to make sure we're getting the technique right. Are you doing this right? Or, okay, what else do you need? And then I'll end up making something else to fit that need. So um, I, I, I would say I didn't, I didn't have that business knowledge. And so, you know, I knew I needed persons to make the labels, to design the labels. I knew the kind of logo I wanted. Um, and then I hired, I outsourced persons to do it. And then I would find the money to pay for those things. So I wouldn't say that financial challenges were the first challenges back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, the financial challenges for me came when I started to grow. When I was introduced, I was selected for Scotiabank Vision Achievers mm-hmm. out of 200 and odd persons and they shortlisted a um, hundred and something and then further shortlisted 40 something and I made it into the 40. Yes. Yeah, so that's when I realized, damn. I really didn't have a clue about business. I was just making this. You were just creating. This. I was creating. just creating and moving around. So when I when I realized um, that there's more to this business than just making the products through everything that I learned from Action Coach, that's when I started to see the real challenges because I was stretched to grow the business. Hmm. And, and, and in that growth, or in that trying to grow the business, I realized, okay, capital is, is important. You're either going to have to try and get investors. Um, you, I made a few mistakes um, working while working at UA where, you know, they come to you with the credit card and they tell you that this and that, and then you don't have any knowledge of how to manage a credit card. And so I was in debt. Um, even after paying student loan, I had other debts and it took a while to, to really get to the level of understanding that mm-hmm. this is not the normal way for Correct. things to go. You don't, you don't start life with a credit card. Mm. But we don't know that as, as, you know, freshly graduated from university. And it's sold job. nicely. And then let's be yes. real. Like it is sold yes. as, you know, you've arrived, you deserve yes. it. Treat yes. yourself and pay yes. later. yes. Yes. So that was that yes. was a, a learning a learning ex, um, a learning experience for you. That was a learning experience, and it 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 caused some of the challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it would have been um, 
one of the core reasons why I had financial challenges throughout the business. Just, you know, not knowing how to spend money, not knowing how, nothing budget. at all. Budget. Not knowing so, how to budget. So, so you just thought you'd have just create some product and mark, just sell a little product. So if 10 people come, you'd sell the 10 and you're good. So you never really yes. think about projection, trajectory, target. No. You know, what your growth is going to look like in the next five years. All right. Nope. So, but it's, it's amazing because then you're looking at mistakes, right? That people look at and, and failure that some people take personally. But you realize that without experiencing that, then you're not in a position to make the necessary changes. Yes. You, you understand? That perfectly. You said that perfectly. What you said right there. You said, if you do not experience it, then you cannot adjust. And that is so right, Terry. I had to experience it. And when you had to experience and when you did and you now learned, oh my gosh, like I've been doing a lot of things wrong. And if I really want to take this thing to the next level, I got to change. What were just some of those changes in case we have any listeners who might be thinking of starting their small business? Like what were maybe three of your top things that you had to double down and change immediately? Um, well, one of the, the first thing I had to do was to get a bookkeeper. Um, cause I was trying to do everything and I was, I was kind of good at doing everything, but then you realize how, how it limited you trying to do everything. So the first thing was to get a bookkeeper, um, just to, you know, ensure that, um, not only are your taxes paid, mm-hmm. but ensure that you're charging the right price for each product. Um, and after doing all of that, then there are other opportunities that are out there that you could benefit from as a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So when you clean up that little area and you clean up that little space, then you open up a little bit more to receive um, greater opportunities. So that was one of the first things. And that was from, because I learned that from Action Coach. Imagine yes. that. Yes. Imagine so many people out there starting small businesses, doing all sorts of things. And we are just thinking that it's about the passion. It's about the product or the service mm. when it's really a little bit more complicated than just that. Preach. That was the first thing. Um, the second thing was, um, you know, after action coach, after being in a room with, and for persons who don't 20, know what action coach is, Oh, for persons who don't know, Action Coach is basically a service of um, professional business coaches who um, turn your business inside out and help you to, to prosper a little bit more. Scotiabank had aligned themselves with um, Marcia Wu Chang, who is the CEO of Action Coach here in Jamaica. Gotcha. And what they did, Scotiabank, was to create an opportunity for small business owners like myself who had all these problems, had these great products, but really had no idea about what the business. else they needed, mm-hmm. the business to, to grow the business. So that was Scotiabank's opportunity to us, to me. So um, the second thing, after being in a room with all those brilliant entrepreneurs, I mean, you had persons who owned large companies, persons who owned um, small companies who were a part of that group. And there was no thing the same after that program. And so what I did, however, again, um, I opened a factory. 
So I thought that, you know, okay, I'm going to open a factory. The aim is to hire people, increase mass production, production, mass production, get into the United States, get into the 14 parishes of Jamaica, into the Caribbean and everywhere. And then you realize that it, even though it is a great step, um, it still comes along with its challenges because once yes. you grow, there's always going to be even more challenges. Yes. And then, so that would have been the second thing for me. The third thing sounds, it may be a little bit, sound a little bit um, small, but the second, the third thing for me was to actually get a bearer. If, if you have a business, <laughs> you're a, you're a one woman or a two person business and mm-hmm. you're there trying to deliver products to everybody under the sun you don't realize that you are the time that you're using to go and do these little tasks. You could actually take it and work on the business right. instead of in the business. Right. So I got a bearer. <laughs> it's no, it's, it's, it's not, it's not small at all. Um, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think um, you've actually dropped a lot of words of, of wisdom and gems because at, at times you do start out on your own. So you do realize that you have to start doing a lot of the things by yourself. But at some point in time, you have to realize if you are trying to scale up, you have to delegate and you have to let little things that are still affordable within your reach naturally. Yes. You have to kind of delegate and push off some things so that you're able to look at the bigger picture that you can strategize and think about the expansion rather than moving downtown and dropping off a package and then moving uptown to drop off another package. Then your day is just completely burnt. Exactly. Exactly. Burnt up. Burnt out. Yes. Wow. So when did you decide, because I didn't really ask that question at what point in time did you just say, all right, you know, this nine to five, this, you know, Nine to five, full-time ah. job, you know, I'm a, I'm a piece out of this joint and Kumias is going to be, Kumias perspective ah. is going to be my income. Girl, let me tell you. What was that? Yeah, that's a, that's a big jump. That's a big leap. It was a big leap. I had just t- gotten um, leave, maternity leave and um, went away, had a baby came back to Jamaica. When I came back to Jamaica now, you know, I'm a new person. I'm the same person, yes, but I'm a new person. Now I have a newborn, a new baby. And I'm there thinking to myself that I, I, I got so unhappy at UWI after a while that um, I kept saying to myself, I cannot see myself walking past this parking lot one more January. Wow. Had the baby, went back to work, was in the same position. I was just unhappy. Frustrated. I was over it, frustrated, um, not making enough money, not getting opportunities to, to do more and to be more. And I remember saying to myself, it was a December, and I remember saying to myself that January is not going to see me walking across this parking lot to go into that office, not one more January. And I remember saying to Kiaz that at the time, <clears throat> we were still together, and I said to him, will you stand by me if I take this plunge? I remember saying to him, because I was afraid, that would have been a big decision to, to move out. and at the, the, time, bird, the bird in the hand. You're looking at the bird in the hand, and you're looking at the bird in the bush, and you're probably asking, you know, suppose I give up this bird in the hand for the bird yeah. in the bush that I think is okay. It's a great product, but then it just does not take off, which happens to people a lot. Yeah. And he, and he said, yes. 
he said yes. He said yes. And I just wrote my resignation letter. And it's so funny because, like I said earlier, I was I actually moved into a new job, new department, new boss, new leader. Of course, some of the old people came over because we were all affected by that change. But I now had a new boss, new office, new everything. But um, and persons were like, how, how can you just leave? And you just started. And I was making impact in the area because now I was a data analyst. I was, I was no longer a clerical assistant just doing, you know, basic stuff. Right. I was a data analyst, you know, really important job. But the money was the same. And so um, I said he'd I, stand I, by he, you. He said he would stand by me. My boss at the time, um, Dr. Edwards, she was also very supportive because I remember going in, sitting down, talking to her and saying to her, you know, Dr. Edwards, I think I'm going to, I want to do this. I want to do that. And she supported me. She supported me. Imagine your boss supporting you to hand in a resignation letter. They didn't want me to leave. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes when you just need one person to see a little bit more for you and encourage you and you make the plunge and the rest is history. That's awesome. How important, because I mean, you mentioned Kevin, who was your partner at the time, co-founder, who, you know, who said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stand with you. How important is it for anyone, not just a small business owner, but for anyone to have that level of support, whether it is familial or otherwise, how, how integral was his support in, in you making that decision? Do you think it would have been different if he had said, boy, you know, your land Marathi and everything, you know, and I think your product good, but I just feel you should stay where it's safe. Would that have changed or altered your trajectory? Um, the support. So first of all, support is extremely important. Just, you just need one. Sometimes you have to rely on your strength and what mm-hmm. you know, the vision that God has given to you, but let's face it. We are humans. We crave uh, approval. We crave at least one person saying, I have your back. Mm-hmm. A lot of persons, Terry, believe it or not, do not have that one. One person. So I would say a two-part answer to that question is one, yes, support is absolutely important. But the other thing is, even though support is important, you also have to have something inside of you. Because I remember even, you know, after the business is established and everything and difficult times come, I remember somebody looking at me and saying, boy, why you don't just get a nine to five? Because financials are, it's tough. You know, there are times when the market peaks, there are times when the market dives down. So why don't you just go and get a new, a job? And I've had to really pull myself and say, no, I have a vision for Kameas. And no matter how hard it gets, I'm going to utilize every bit of experience that I have gained over the years to take it to that point. Even if I look and I see people flying above me, it doesn't yes. matter. You're not here to compare yourself to I'm them. I'm not You're- here to compare I just want to do what I am doing and add value in any way that I can add value. Beautiful. Now, walk me through because he says he's going to 
stay by you, stand by you. The two of you head out, show out, and you're going through all of these processes where, as you say, you got to Denby, you know, you realize, all right, this thing is a hit. You realize, all right, I've actually found something. The market likes it, likes it. And you are also expanding not just your business knowledge, but your creative knowledge because you're creating more things. And you are saying that, okay, you guys broke up. You have a child together, you guys break up. And for many persons who have businesses, whether you're female or male, you have this partner, co-owner, co-founder. And we've seen where many businesses have been affected negatively because people couldn't get ego and personal issues out of the way. So here Mm -hmm. it is. You guys break up as intimate partners. But hey, y'all are still co-owners and Mm co-founders. How easy or how difficult was that? And what were the necessary things that you had to put in place in order for the business to still thrive despite the breakup? Yeah, that's a tough one as well. Right. So um, hmm. with the breakup, um, he, Kevin was responsible for a lot of things. He actually used to make some of the products. <laughs> and yeah, he, he actually used to make some of the products and I tell you he's such a great guy because I would there are times when I would be so tired having a young child mm-hmm. I'd be so tired I can't be in the kitchen making products and stuff and Kevin would stay up until 12 one o'clock just to complete the products for an event the next day um but when so when we broke up uh he was also the techie person he was also the person who did everything technology he did he he did he did all of that. He also did the books. My, my. Oh, he, he brought a lot. Big up yourself, Kevin. Big up yourself, Kevin. Come to think of it, he did everything. He did everything. It was a really scary period when we realized that, um, you know, this is it. We're, we're actually going to break up. He's actually going to move out. It was a painful period mm-hmm. um i i remember when he actually left left we were both crying um and imagine we're breaking up so we should be happy but we were both crying because i i believe we knew what we had formed correct um the company our child and despite the fact that um, the relationship wasn't working out, it did not mean that. And I remember this. He said this to me. I can share it with your listeners, Terry. But he said to me, I am leaving, but I'm still here. Oh my so God. he wanted me to know that he's even though present. he's not physically here, he's still present. And he... Um, despite the fact that we're not together, he lived up to, I'm still here to this day, to this day. He lived up. And every time I talk about this to anybody, I could never discredit Mm -hmm. his role and how much he did to this day. So even though it was difficult, and now I had to be doing all the hard work. I had to be making the products, bottling, labeling, doing everything. Um, you know, it became harder. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it, it's a good thing too because I grew through that process. I had to learn how to design labels. I had to learn how to design flyers. I didn't know how to do none of that. None no. of that. And if those are things not, that you learned. 
those are things I, I learned self-taught some of them because um, he was no longer there to do it. And I couldn't afford um, sending out for people to design this and do this and do that all the time because it would have been expensive. And you, so you know what is interesting? I don't even mean to cut you, but I think it's important for persons to hear these stories. And the reason why is because we're in an Insta-famous kind of life, you know, this generation where everything is instant and everything seems so simple and easy and fast and quick. And yet still, we have to kind of let people know that there are challenges and there are realities. And sometimes it means you have to start at the bottom of the rung. Before yes. you can have 20 people doing your labels for you and putting labels on the products, you kind of need to also do it yourself. And I think absolutely, it's humbling, but it's also important. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people... Um, I think have this mentality that entrepreneurship quote unquote success mm -hmm. is just visual in terms of, you know, what you see cars, house, uh, parties, friendship, jewelry, but they have no clue about the actual dedication is the word I will use. Um, not even hard work. I'm not even saying hard work, but dedication to the task, to the process. Because if you're not dedicated, when times get hard, you will fall off. You will go and get a, a job again. You yeah, know, a you basic, give up. you'll give up. So what does you believe? So what does success um, look like or feel like to you? Okay. Well, <laughs> for a long time in my life, I, I'm sure like many others, I believe that success was about uh, having a nice house, your mm -hmm. car. Mm -hmm. And I would be lying if I said that I did not also fall victim to wanting to show people that aspect of my achievements as well. Because of course, when you at some point in your life, struggle with self-worth. You now believe that what you achieve will be acceptable to persons um, looking in on your life to say, Correct. okay, you know, yeah, man, you're worth it because you have all of this. So I would be lying if I said that I didn't fall victim to that. There, there was a, a time in my life when, you know, I was that person who... Um, you know, I'm happy I wear a brand name, sneakers, because I feel like, yeah, if I wear a brand name, then that means that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, top, now, top, top. I'm top at top. But now, um, as a mature 38-year-old woman, I believe that success is not necessarily the tangible things that you achieve, although I believe they are important. Because if you don't, I've had that thought this morning. If you don't have them, you're going to be miserable. Right. You can't help anybody. Who are you going to inspire and encourage when you have nothing to show that you've done, done the work and you've done this, you know? But I believe success for me represents the intangible, being able to book a hotel um, down in Ocho Rios for three nights to have with my daughter who is so excited to stop sucking her finger for an entire <laughs> for an entire month just so she get to get three days to be able to swim in a in a, in a hotel swimming pool. Freedom. So, it's freedom. 
for me, that's what it is. That's the success for me is to have meaningful relationships where, you know, you can be yourself, flaws and everything. I think we live in such a highfalutin society where everything is so, yo, know, if you're not have the best of this and the best of that and da 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 da, then you're nothing. You're not nobody. not for you. When in truth and in fact, some of those persons who are not even in the public's eye are so happy, me- living meaningful lives. And for me, that's success. That's what and, it is. And as you mentioned the word meaningful, do you have a particular quote um, that is meaningful to you that, 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 that refers to success that you kind of, I mean, you said that you have affirmations. Is there any particular quote that you use to remind yourself that is meaningful to you? Look at, look at your land. Going deep into the recesses of her mind. Look at her. I'm going deep because um, I don't know if I can think of an actual quote, Terry, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I can remember a word. I remember, I actually remember you saying, what was it, last year? I use a you word. Were saying you saying you have a word. And you see, the thing is, Terry, you don't know when you're inspiring and encouraging people, how them take it and then it become a part of them, you know. So I literally have a word that I, I would say that word reminds me that it doesn't matter, you know, what I've been through, not even where I'm going. All I need to know and to do and to be is congruent who I am. So my word. (laughs) You know, most of us using words like commitment, alignment, (laughs) intentional. Your land comes with congruent. Break this down for me, sister. Jesus. Congruent. You know, I I read a book. um, Matter of fact, I think I might have it close. Yeah, actually I have it right here. Mm -hmm. No, it's not it. Um, I read a book by Brendan Burchard and um, here it is. I follow him on Instagram. He's awesome, Terry. Uh, And one of the things he spoke about in that book is, um, the need for persons to be congruent with who they are, being true, being able to be true to who you are, being honest about who you are. Um, you know, especially in this world now where we want to fit into either a role mm-hmm. or we want to fit into uh, a title or we want to fit into a stereotype. We want to fit somebody's perception of who we are because maybe because of the consequences of not being that person, mm-hmm. it was actually the charge okay. by Brendan Burchard. Okay, and um, he, he forces you to find three words that really describe who you are mm-hmm. and who you want to be. Well, what are they? I am disciplined. Uh-huh. I am decisive. Uh-huh. I am confident and bold. And, confident. and those, those were the three, three words that I wanted to describe who I was. The disciplined one, I put it there because I wanted to remind myself that when I'm not being disciplined... <laughs> That I'm trying to tell myself that I am disciplined. And let me ask you, were those words who you want to be or words that you, that you want to describe you? Yes. Right. Therefore, when you wrote those words down at that particular point in time, what were the words you would have used to describe yourself? 
at that before point. that yes girl I, I would have thought you wrote this book because he actually asked us to do that as well um my first three words thoughtful mm-hmm. um influential and present and present and when you look at those yes. three words that you were at that particular point in time and you look at the well the four words that you wrote in terms of what you want to, to describe yourself as in the future are you there now that you look back on it i am there i would say 85% that's honest I would say 85%. But discipline, I'm working on it. I have up and down moments. You know, I do. Seriously, I do. I realize that for us, for me as a female, Terry, I don't know if you experience this. You probably Mm -hmm. don't because, you know, you're a young foot. (laughs) Girl, I'm 38. Girl, I'm 38. You're 38 like me? I didn't know that. I born April 1982. I, I am I am very 38. I, I am literally on my way to 39. The way 2020 is moving out of this place. No, right? But I, like I have, literally, I think I have hormones where sometimes I just feel down. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel, sometimes I feel like I'm not moving fast enough. Um, and I have to go back to these words. But at the end of the day, um, I guess life is not perfect. It's not a 10 out of 10 all the time. It is. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not always going to be disciplined. And I've learned to, when I get into those moods, I've learned to just, just be with the mood until I get out of and it. And process it. Um, you said yeah. something that's very interesting. And you said, um, sometimes you think you're not moving fast enough. And I think a lot of persons, um, even right now, whether they're in high school or college or they're just coming out, they kind of think it's that they should have everything one time and they don't feel like they're moving fast enough because when they look on Instagram and they look on Twitter and TikTok, people buying houses at 21, people buying cars at 18, people, I mean, people are living lives and traveling the world three times over by the time yes. they're 25 and people don't think that they are, are, are accomplishing enough in the right space of time. What is your advice to those persons? Once you, first of all, address the, we started the very, the very thing we started with earlier, we spoke about, you know, self-worth being affected. And I think that once you get clear with who you are, and sometimes that, like I said, man, I'm 38. I probably got clear about who I am when I was 36. Mm-hmm. I got the, the word clarity. I mean, I don't think I've ever focused on the word clarity or what it meant to be clear about who I am. So I think once I got past that understanding, mm-hmm. um, really who Yolanda Kamea Gooden Roden is, despite what I see on social media, despite not even just social media, Offline. despite despite actual facts, mm-hmm. <laughs> facts of other persons building these huge houses, having this and having that, and you be like, okay, I'm still growing. And I'm like, wait, what am I still growing about? I'm 38. Yeah. I need to be done growing now yeah. and be there. But the advice is, you know, be clear about who you are. Be true again, congruent. Be, be, be congruent about who you are 
be true to yourself. And then when you see everything around you, you will know, not guess, you will know that it is only a matter of time. Absolutely. And I think, I think, um, I don't think you could have said it any better. And I think, um, it's, it's very hard to do and it takes a lot of emotional intelligence and maturity, but I keep on explaining to people that my blueprint is different from your blueprint. You Mm -hmm. explained before we, we, we actually came on the program, you had explained that there was a young lady in college, in university who had everything lined up. Everything, you know, she just had her big job waiting for her. You said you ran into her a couple of years later and she was already moving on to the next job. And you were like, what am I doing? I'm failing at life basically because she seems yeah. to be moving at a different pace. And if you had sat yeah. and worried and, you know, compared yourself, then maybe you would not have come out of the spot that you are in. But when we get clarity and we, we, we remove all the distraction that is around us, and we stop comparing ourselves and our blueprints to other people, we start living, we start living in our own, in our own space and, and life and on our own purpose. And I think that's what's really important. So for you, it's definitely Absolutely. clarity. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's clarity. Because once you know who you are, man, it, it's, it's hard, unless you slip. Because sometimes you can know who you are and then you fall off again and you forget. Mm-hmm. But once you, once you really have that deep core understanding of who you are as a person, um, you, it's just a matter of time. Because that same person who I told you about earlier, Terry, the same person who had the great jobs and whatever, I did an interview with her the other day and she's still thriving. Awesome. She's, and it, she's, she's still thriving, but it, it shows you that, like you said, your blueprint is different from mine. And it doesn't mean that I am not successful. Correct. And it does not take away from your success either. At all. Fantastic. What has been your biggest career triumph so far? Can you launch your book? Let's talk here 101. You guys can get it on <laughs> Amazon. You know, yes. what has been your biggest career triumph so far? Wow. And I say okay. so far because you have so much further to go. But what's your mm. biggest one so far? Look at you. Ooh. I don't know. What do you I mean don't you don't know. know? I don't know. You don't biggest know what triumph? Doing? Career triumph, yes. Career triumph? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I, I would say maybe um, starting Kameas because... It is a huge triumph for me to have a brand. It's a huge triumph for me to have started. It's a huge triumph to have learned all the things I have learned. And my business, my brand have taken me so many places. When I met you the first time, like your, your recollection of me um, at that event was my business taking me into the home of um, the CEO of JPS, mm-hmm. you know, um, this business, so I, it is the biggest triumph is starting this business. The biggest triumph was leaving. I'm, I'm saying it over and over again because I'm trying to make sure, but it was definitely taking the decision to leave a job that was no longer fulfilling financially or any other alley <laughs> and, <laughs> and starting my own brand and, um, being confident about it, writing the book. I mean, 
it might sound a way, Terry, but I have to say it the way how I feel it. I have mm-hmm. to be congruent again. Writing the book for me wasn't really a huge triumph because it's something that came naturally. Okay. And um, again, it was, I take the attention off of me to what I actually wanted to, to the benefit that I wanted to be to others. So it's not so much of a triumph that I wrote the book. It's more of a triumph knowing that it's, I can help somebody when they read this book. But you know what? I'm going to jump in though. And I'm going to say that I respect you. Um, and I admire you for writing that book because something that might have come naturally to you still is just an idea if you don't put action behind it. Honestly, wow. you, could, you yeah. could have had the idea and you could have, it could have come naturally to you. It might have stayed on your computer or maybe on pieces of paper if that's what you choose to write on. And it may never have manifested because it just remained an idea. And I think the simple, the simple act of taking it from idea to an actually like an actual published book is a triumph. And a lot of persons Mm -hmm. are sitting down around the world with an idea that they will never start an idea that they will never put into action, an idea that will never go past their brain or their computer. So even though I know you wrote that book with the idea of it helping others and it's not about you, I think it would be remiss of me to not say that that to me is still indicative of the type of person you are. And even though it may seem like something, you know, small and not as significant as other things, I think it definitely is a blessing. And it's definitely a feather in your cap that you should, you should definitely pat yourself on the back because many people will never have their ideas come to fruition because they don't believe in the power of their idea in the first place. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. So I think you need to know that every step that you take, even though a million people might be doing it in the space, a billion people aren't. And you are the one in the million doing it. Wow. And I think, I think that's a beautiful thing to see. And it's not going to be your first and last book. You're going to have many other yes, books. Absolutely. And that's a absolutely. big deal. That absolutely. Is a, that's a big deal. Like your personality is like none other. It really makes you feel like, like talking to you now really make you feel, um, really makes me feel, um, I want to use the word, um, not important. I don't want to use that word. I want to use the word valued. Oh my. Valued. And, and you have to understand that in this day and age for anybody to make, have the ability to make someone feel valued, that has to be a God given, um, thing. Give. So you're looking at your life. Um, at some point in time in college, it would have seemed like you were flip-flopping. You wanted the law, you wanted the IR, then you, you change your mind, and then you wanted the government, where, and then you, you wanted the cycle. You know, it's, it's just so much. It is so easy in these days for people to think that somebody like that would be a flip-flopper, you know, indecisive, just not sure what they, 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 they want to do. And you finally figure out what it is you liked, and you ran with it. Is there anything you would change if you had one thing to change in your entire lifespan so far? Would you change wow. anything? And if you were to change something, what would that be and why? Wow. I'm giving you some Barbara Walters questions. <laughs> wow. I think one of the things that I, I mean, 
I feel like every experience is worth it because you learn from it. But I personally, oh God, I, I wish that I knew who I was mm. um, a long time ago. I wish I knew who, I wish I had a solid foundation of who Yelan was. And not only knowing who Yelan was, but being who Yelan was. Because I wouldn't have made some of the mistakes in my mind. There were mistakes, especially mistakes with, with boyfriends. Or even not boyfriends, if you guys know what I mean. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had a strong sense of self. From, from, you know, a teenager um, coming up. So I mm-hmm. would not have made some mistakes that I did in that area of my life. But nonetheless, um, it was one of those such situations that actually got me to the point of clarity, that actually got me to the point of, no, no, this is not you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shake up. Right. Make a change. Right. So you have to know what you're not first before you know who you are. And I spent the better part of my life, life know, knowing who I'm not, seeing who I'm not. So, yeah. And um, with business, I think, what would I change? Seeing the business as a business from the onset and really hiring a team. So the ability to really see a vision, see your goal. I had none of that when I started the business. And mm-hmm. because of that, it's almost as though I'm working um, backwards, forward, if right. that makes sense to you. Right. Instead of doing it the right way, I'm You're reverse engineering. Rever- reverse engineering, yes, yes. So I, I, I probably would have, you know, formed a team, have a really good team, really start to visualize the business, see it as the big deal that it is, and then from there, um, gather more success on the business as opposed you, to not know knowing. But you know that's hindsight, right? It's always when we become more knowledgeable, <laughs> we would have changed all of that. Yes, um, yes. And, and it's, it's, it, there's, there's beauty in the confusion. Sometimes it's beauty in you just starting, just doing something because you do have persons who wait until everything is perfect. And until they have all the knowledge to start, which also is, is, is detrimental to a lot of businesses. Absolutely. Um, so, so, you know, it's funny that we, when we sit down in a place of knowledge, there are things that we would change because of what we know now. Yes. But we realize that we would probably operate differently. And there are things that might not feel as nice now, or you would not appreciate as much now, if you didn't go through the teething, yeah. the teething pains, you know? So I guess finally, you have a daughter. How old is she? She is seven years old. Seven years old. So I want you to visualize the fact that she's now going off to college, just like how you were going off to university. Maybe she knows what she wants to do. Maybe she doesn't. What are your words of advice to her to encourage her, but to also let her be aware that life is life (laughs) and life throws Mm -hmm. curveballs um, not to mm-hmm. down her spirit or to discourage, but to also enlighten her on what to expect. What would you, what would you write to her? What would you tell her? I, I believe, uh, you know, based on my experiences, Terry, I would have to tell her that I, and I actually do now. I try to tell her every day how awesome she is, how great she is. Um, and 
to be honest as well, I do not hide the negative things that are happening in society now from her as well. I try to open up as much as possible and I talk to her about, you know, the bad things that can happen because I want her to be prepared. I also try to tell her about finances. Mm -hmm. I try to, I, I try to, you know, tell her if you get $10, you're saving at least $2. At least $2. At least $2 out of it. You know, I try, I'm trying to really give her the fundamental understanding that, um, you know, be who you are. But at the same time, while you're being who you are, I want you to make smart choices. Informed decisions. Be, make informed decisions. So I'm not hiding anything from you. Um, you're going off to college now and... Most of all, I want you to remember that you're a leader and not a follower, that you can say no. You don't have to do something because the crowd is doing it. And um, I can tell that she's not going to be one of those persons who you can take advantage of very And we need easily. a little bit of that. We need, especially Absolutely. as girls and as women, we need a little bit of, of that firecracker. Absolutely. 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 So yeah, I would just tell her, you know, be be yourself more than anything because when you have an ex, the experience of people not liking you because of the color of your skin because you're beautiful because you're well spoken people literally do not like persons because of that i know have to reiterate Pre- in, prepare her. And, in her and prepare her for when that time come because it's a real thing that's out there well my darling i'm extremely happy that you were redirected you know, and that's what the show is all about. The fact that sometimes you think you're going to be somewhere that you don't end up being, and that's okay. Um, and I'm happy that you, you are redirected because you have a story that started off in one place and ended up in another, and certainly it's going somewhere else. Where can we find you? Where can we meet up with you? What is next for Kumia? If you even know. If you even know. <laughs> well, um... Well, you, you guys can find me on social media at Kumeyas. It's my business handle. And if you care to get personal, I'm at Yelan Kumeya. And I also have a new business venture as well. It's at the Money Momentum Club. How will um, you so you guys, <laughs> you guys can find me on all three um, platforms. Uh, also, uh where where do I see Kumeyas? That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the ultimate? Kume, the ultimate for Kumeyas is to be a brand that really touch lives. I I see Kumeyas doing more of what we do now, which is having a relationship with most of our customers. You know, um, I see us multiplying that. I really see the brand Kumeyas as an international brand. How I will get there, I do not know. But I'm confident. I'm confident that, um, you know, I will get there because of what we stand for. And we really want to help a lot of young girls, young Jamaican girls, because it's close to my heart, to know their potential, to know that, you know, they can develop a brand not a product line, but a brand. Mm-hmm. They can that is sustainable. Be more, yes, they can be more than 
you know, an office administrator. I just had a, a young um, customer who is she's just finishing up sixth form. And I asked her, this was Friday, I just asked her what she wants to be when she grows up. And she, she you know, she comes from St. Thomas, she's a country girl. And she told me she wanted to be an office admin. And I drilled her, Terry. I said, office admin may be great, but sometimes start out. you just need, it may be great to start out. But sometimes you just need somebody who can help you to expand your knowledge, expand your yeah. mind, see more than to just be more. being an a, a office admin. So I definitely see us, you know, expanding what we're currently doing Fantastic. and making a great impact. Fantastic. I'm going, and of course, since she won't say it, I'll also say if you're really interested about, you know, just hair care and talking hair care, <laughs> please make sure that you get her book. Um, let, let's talk here one on one on Amazon. You're horrible. I don't know what's wrong with I you. Know. <laughs> I but don't um, know. what I will leave us with, um, what I will leave us with, especially after um, this particular interview, is is a quote that you had um, you had said quite some time ago in an article that I found on uh, about you. And your quote was, start with your first idea. This was your advice. You said, start with your first idea and work from there. You cannot fail. You can only wow. learn. You said, become better at what you know. Wow. That was, that was a quote that you made and that was your advice that you were given. And so I just want to say thank you. It's good to see and to meet people who practice what they preach. Um, clearly, God had different plans for you. And again, this, this show is really just to, to, to try to just comfort people and to let them know that it's okay to not always um, be where you think you're, you're, you're supposed to be or where you need to be. But sometimes you have to let go, let the process, trust, trust the process and learn mm -hmm. as you go along. And hopefully you find that place that you are supposed to be with all of your purpose and the meaning, the meaning that you bring to life and to your, the, the community that you serve. So your land, come here, gooden, Roden, thank you for your time. Thank you so, so very much. I really do appreciate it. And I can't wait to see where your brand, brand goes. And I have no doubt at all in my mind that you will continue to get the support, that your territory will increase and there will be an abundance on your life, over your life, and for your daughter as well. Thank you. For those of you who are listening, thank you so very much for, for being a part of the tribe, for being a part of the community. You know I am here for y'all. I love y'all. And um, just continue to support, subscribe, and even share it with other persons who you may think can benefit from just these real conversations, from just real people, everyday people. And so whether it is, um, whether it is Apple Podcasts, whether it's Google whether it's Stitcher, whatever platform you listen on, thank you so very much for making it Redirection with Terry Carell. Have a fantastic day. And I will, of course, see you in the next episode. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Leoland. Take care. Thank you so much, Terry.